Welcome to the Forgiven Once for All podcast. My name is Shannon Lee. I will be your host today. Today we're going to talk about sin. The Hebrew word for sin is hatat. It simply means to miss the mark, that which is an offense against a standard. The first time we see sin used in the Old Testament is in the story of Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 3, it says, At the designated time Cain brought some of the fruit of the ground for an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought some of the firstborn of his flock, the fattest of them. And the Lord was pleased with Abel and his offering. But with Cain and his offering he was not pleased. So Cain became very angry, and his expression was downcast. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your expression downcast? It is it not true that if you do what is right, you will be fine? But if you do not what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to dominate you, but you must subdue it. So here we see We see God is explaining sin as an outside force that's waiting, ready to dominate, to gain control. Cain was angry, but he was acting outside of his reality. The truth is, is he had nothing to be angry about. Sin gets you to look at something, someone, or yourself in a different way than the the way that God sees it. See, Cain allowed sin to convince him that he was not accepted. Jealousy and anger steered him away from his true identity. See, there's a principle in interpreting the Bible called the law of first mention. It's where we can interpret a word by its first use in Scripture. Here we see sin is described as an external force. Sin gets us to believe a lie. Sin dominates us at our core, our identity. The Greek word for sin is harmatia, a root word that can be broken down to mean simply to miss the mark or to error. But if you take this word and you study it down to its root words, it means a little bit more than that. It means to miss getting a section or allotment, a division or a share, or an inheritance. And an inheritance is always tied to identity. So sin literally means you missing the inheritance that God has for you, or missing your identity, believing a lie about who God says you are. The cross was God's answer to sin. You see, Jesus paid the price for sin at the cross. Romans 8, 1-4 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in the in a body like the bodies we sinners have. 
And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, what he meant is the power of sin is broken. The law was fulfilled. We are free to follow the Spirit, and we live without condemnation. So let me ask you this then. When is sin forgiven? We understand that Jesus died for our sins. We have no problem believing that God has forgiven our sins when we believe. But what if we sin now? You see, Jesus died once, and he took the burden for all sin, past, present, and future. Sin was forgiven at the cross. We receive the free gift of grace when we believe. So this brings us to another question. Do I have to confess my sins daily? Should I wake up every morning racking my brain trying to remember every sin that I committed, everything that I'm going to do or have done? See, this is an issue that we face in Christianity today. Our doctrine has brought us to a place where we are racking our brains and and looking for every sin. We're focusing on sin and we're begging God, please forgive us. And really in our hearts, we're in a place where we don't believe that he's going to forgive us of everything, where we're in danger of not receiving forgiveness because we have sin that we haven't confessed. And I tell you, this is not the truth. You see, Christ bought our forgiveness even before we were born. We were forgiven before we even sinned. When we believe is when this forgiveness and righteousness is made real to us. This is a one-time petition to God. We spend our time seeking God's forgiveness instead of thanking Him for His forgiveness. We tend to focus on our sin and we try to correct it with behavior modification. We're constantly seeking God's approval and forgiveness by reading more, praying more, doing more work at church, doing all these things, hoping that we can receive forgiveness and favor from God that we already have. We should be thankful from our heart that God has given us grace. We should be living free. But instead, we focus on our sin. And when we focus on our sin, that's when we sin more. But when we focus on grace and God's free gift and His love, that's when we seem to be free from sin and we no longer concentrate on it. Hebrews 10, 10 through 14 says, By His will we have been made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands day after day serving and offering the same sacrifices again and again, sacrifices that can never take away sin. But when this priest had offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, he sat down at the right hand of God, where he is now waiting until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time 
those who are made holy. You see, we, when we confess our sins and we plead with God to forgive us over and over, we are acting just like the Jewish priests of the days of the sacrifices when they would bring these sacrifices to God for daily for sins. But Jesus brought the sacrifice one time, and we were forgiven one time. Does this mean that we continue to sin? As Paul said, God forbid. But when we ha- we rest in this grace, when we pursue God and the righteousness that he's given us and the holiness he's given us, that sin drifts away. But when we focus on that sin, that's when we continue to be ensnared by that lie. There was one sacrifice, one point of forgiveness, and the outcome is that we are holy. We should not ask and beg for forgiveness as Christians, but we should instead thank Jesus that he has already forgiven us. There are many miserable Christians that do not understand this truth, and they live in a state of condemnation because they think that they need forgiveness. You see, sin is more complicated than what we could believe. It's a lie that enters in, and it's we have sin of omission and sin of commission. There's sin that we don't even know we have. How can we repent of sin that we don't even know we have? Are we in danger of receiving judgment because of sin that we haven't repented of? No. Jesus paid the price. He already paid the price for all our sin, the sin that we know and the sin that we don't know. We as Christians can can choose to either be sin conscious or Christ conscious. We can either be sin conscious or righteousness conscious. When we focus on the sin, flesh, and the law, we find it hard to break the chains of sin. We can be influenced by the lies of sin and the devil, even though we are not under its power. Ephesians 6, 10-12, the expanded edition says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his great, strong, and mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you can fight against the devil's evil tricks and schemes. For our fight, conflict, and struggle is not against people on earth, flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and the powers or cosmic power rulers of this world's darkness, against the spiritual powers of the evil in heavenly world realms or places. See, our strength is our identity in the Lord. When we put on the armor of God, it talks about righteousness and truth. These are things that we already have. But the devil, all he has are lies. He, there were lies in Eden, lies to Cain, lies to the Jews, lies to Christ, lies to the church, and there's lies to you. When we believe lies, we develop a false view of our identity and our relationship with God. We need to stop believing the lies that the enemy feeds us and start believing the good news that we are free, forgiven, and righteous. 
when we focus on Christ and grace and forgiveness, we live truly as free Christians. Philippians 4, 8 in the Message Version says, Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on the things true, noble and reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. See, John 8, 36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So we have a choice here, either to believe the truth that we are righteous, we are holy, that we are forgiven and loved by God, or we can believe the lie, the same lie that the enemy has been pushing from the beginning, a lie that contradicts God's view of us that tells us that we're not worthy, that tells us that we're not holy, that tells us that we're not forgiven. This is what sin is. It's truly missing that mark, missing that inheritance, and believing a lie instead of believing God. If you've enjoyed this, please check us out at ForgivenOnceForAll.com or check us out on Facebook, Forgiven Once For All. And remember, God is madly in love with you. Until next time.